Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article from the January issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Differences Between High, Medium, and Low Profit Cow-Calf Producers, an analysis of 2014 through 2018 Kansas Farm Management Association Cow-Calf Enterprises. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors of the paper that was reviewed, Dr. Dustin Pendell, who's an agricultural economist at Kansas State University. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Before we dive into and talk about this paper that you co-authored with Whitney Bowen and also Kevin Herbel, share with us a little more about yourself and your role there at Kansas State University as an agricultural economist, and also some more about the Kansas Farm Management Association and the work that they do with farmers and ranchers. Absolutely. So, uh, as you point out, I am a professor here in the Department of Agriculture Economics at Kansas State University. I've been here on faculty for about four and a half years now. My roles are include extension, extension economist, uh, in addition to research and teaching. I also am the director of the graduate program here in the department as well. So I have the opportunity to try to recruit and work with all the graduate students here in the department. A little bit about the KFMA or Kansas Farm Management Association. Kansas Farm Management Association, they've been, I believe, going strong for probably over 80 years now. And so what this is, is this is a group of uh, producers, probably, probably over 1,600 producers would be my guess, throughout the state of Kansas. The producers will work with extension economists, and I believe there are probably 25 to 30 uh, extension economists that these producers will work with on an annual basis or more frequently, I guess, than an annual basis. What these economists, these extension economists do is they work with these individual producers collecting the individual production uh, and the financial information of these farms. They compile all this information and then they report back to the producers showing them kind of where they stand relative to other producers in the, the Kansas Farm Management Association database. So, Kind of a benchmarking exercise if you will and so it allows them to say hey you know maybe i'm doing really well in this particular area maybe i could use some improvement in in this other area and so i think it's probably been pretty good for good relationships between king state university department of agriculture economics and uh, the producers in the state of kansas what's also one unique thing about this is then it allows researchers uh, such as myself to have access to this data to hopefully try to provide additional information, additional insights uh, back to, to, the, to our producers here in the state and in, I guess, the surrounding states as well. Well, I really look forward to seeing that the data you put out from the Kansas Farm Management Association, in my mind, it's pretty unique in terms of data sets. I'm not aware of any other data set in the United States specifically looking at cow-calf enterprises that goes into the, I would say, accountability that goes with that. You mentioned the ag economist sits down with the producers. They go through their numbers. There's some uh, processes that happen to really verify that the information is accurate. So I really think it's a unique set of data and also one that I think people can learn from. And that's really where I'd like to go today in discussing the data that's there. Interestingly, 71 different producers and involved with this data set and you looked at high, low, and medium in terms of profitability. As you look at this data, share with us some of the things that jump out to you in terms of differences among cow-calf producers. What are some things that tend to be trends or characteristics of 
those that are most profitable versus those that have some opportunity to improve? Yes, that's, that's a great a great way to lead this off. And so you noted in, in uh, the introduction of this paper, it's 2014 to 2018. So what we did is we, we took a look at over a five-year span of, of operations. And so specifically, we said, you know, over those last five years of data, the particular operation had to be in the data set for at least three years. And the reason we're looking at over a five-year span as opposed to an individual year is in a given year, Producers in, let's say, northwest Kansas could be having experiencing a drought, whereas producers maybe in northeast Kansas or southeast Kansas uh, might. And so trying to look at over a, a span of years as opposed to an individual given year, that way we can look at more management practices or, or factors affecting management as opposed to something such as a weather event that could be driving these profits. So then coming back to your question about are there anything that jump out at us, uh, just a few Maybe things to point out, as you pointed out, we, we took a look at these 71 operations. We ranked them from the highest profit operation to the least profitable operation. And then we divide them into thirds. And so we've got our high, we call it a high one third. So that'd be your top one third, you know, approximately 24 operations, uh, the highest net profits. And then we broke it out by the middle third and then our lowest uh, one third profitable operations. And so some things that stick out, the number of cows, the size of the herd for your highest profit is larger. And we compare that to the low one third by about 50, 53 cows, 53 head. Obviously the number of calves sold is gonna be a lot higher as well uh, by approximately 50, 54 head. Weights, calves sold for those highest, highest third profit operations is about, I wanna say about 50 pounds heavier compared to the uh, lower third. And then your sale price for calves, the, the price that the operations receive for the, the price of the calves, there's about a $4.50 per hundredweight difference with the higher profit operations selling calves at a higher price. And so that's just a couple of things on the income side that stand out. I'm looking at uh, the beef cow enterprise returns over variable cost over that 2014 to 2018 time period. And so from an income standpoint, there are some differences. And if you compare the gross income, which would be the sale of the calves, uh, sale of any coal cows, coal bulls, uh, miscellaneous income, the difference between your high, your most profitable operations and your least profitable operations, those top third, lower third, is about a 33% difference. So you're talking about a little over $1,000 per cow per head versus $770 per head. And so that's, that's a pretty big difference, just the gross income. As you look at those gross income numbers, I guess share a little perspective, and I know this may be hard to tease out, but obviously if you've got more cows, you're probably able to sell larger groups of calves. Uh, you know, there's some maybe advantage there in terms of sales price if I'm if I'm selling a load lot or I'm selling 20, 30 head at a time versus uh, five or six, that's, you know, there's usually some benefit to larger group size in terms of price. And also just thinking about cold cow management, the number of cold cows that you sell, how those are managed. It appears that those that are a little more profitable have found some ways to sell more weight and also found ways to capture more value for what they sell. Yeah, those are some really good points. Uh, 
obviously we don't know how they sell their calves. We just know I've got a year in number saying this is how many calves they sold in a given year. Uh, so it's hard to tease out a lot of information. If you look at the report, one thing that stood out that I mentioned was the way the calves sold. Higher profit operations sell calves that weigh 50 pounds heavier. But it's also interesting is if you take a look at the sale price per calf on a per hundred weight basis, it's about $4.50 higher for those higher profit calves. So not only are they selling more weight, they're selling at a higher price. So that begs additional questions because you would generally think those that sell lower calves might actually receive a higher price, uh, a selling price. But that goes to some of the things that maybe you pointed out they can sell and they sell more cash so maybe they can sell a truckload get a higher price maybe they're participating in some kind of preconditioning program or, or some some other kind of branded program of sort that allows them to capture a little higher price and so I, those are just a couple things that i guess stick out in my head that would probably need some further further research as to you know why are these higher profit are selling heavier cash but also selling at a higher price the other thing that really jumped out to me and looking at this as a total enterprise in terms of total cost where we put in a value for owner labor opportunity cost depreciation there's some real differences there as well especially in the cost side when we look specifically at feed so just to clarify in this case if feed was grown by the operator themselves there was a market value attached to that when we look at this from an economic analysis standpoint, so it's there's no free feed, so to speak. The cows have got to pay market value for the feed. When you look at the differences there, there's some pretty significant differences between the high profit group and low profit group in terms of what they spent on feed and pasture. Uh, give some perspective on that. Yeah, so cor you're correct. So now I'm going to jump to a different table within this report, looking at uh, cow calf enterprise returns over total costs as opposed to just the variable cost because you bring up some of the fixed expenses. And so looking at that table in the report, it's table one, but your feed expenses, you pointed out, even if you raise, produce your own feed, there still is a cost attached to it. They are looking at this from the market value. So there's no free feed as you pointed out. So if you compare your feed and your pasture expenses, you know, you're looking at about 30, 40, a little over 40% difference between your high profit operations and your low profit operations. In other words, expense on a per cow basis, there's about a 40% difference between your high and your low profit operations. That is a major, probably the largest difference in uh, if you look at all the different expenses that are involved between your high profit and your low profit operations. Yeah, from an economic analysis standpoint, I did a little quick numbers and somewhere around $120, $125 per cow when we look at the economic value of grazed feed and harvested feed between the low profit and high profit group. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, that is, it's about $123, $24, as you pointed out, um, between your low and high profit operations. If you take a look at past studies, What's been interesting is not only do your high profit operations have a lower feed expense compared to your low profit operations by a little over $100 a head, typically your pasture expenses historically have been cheaper with your lower profit operations. In other words, there's making a trade-off. There's been a trade-off between keeping your animals on pasture longer, 
versus keep pulling them and feeding them, uh, you know, feedstuffs. So that's, that's an interesting, it's different this year compared to previous years that we've, we've analyzed this data. Let's talk a little more about some of those fixed expense, labor, depreciation, machinery, opportunity interest. There's some pretty big differences between the high profit and low profit group here as well. Share some of the things that you observe collectively when we look at some of those differences between both the high profit and low profit in terms of those costs. The other major expenses, I guess, the, the largest differences between your high and low profit operations, expense categories, I guess, feed is going to be your, your largest uh, hands down. You're looking at, like we said, about $125 per head. Uh, the second largest is depreciation at about $31 a head, and that's closely followed with interests at about $28, uh, and then machinery at, at $25 per head. And so those would be your top, what do we say, four, top four expenses, largest expenses. Differences between your high and your low profit, low profit operations. You know, I think the thing for me that kind of jumps out as I look at this is there appears to be a little bit of advantage in terms of economies of scale. Obviously, if you're running more cows against fixed cost, your cost per cow unit goes down. Although in the data set, and you mentioned this, just because you have more cows doesn't necessarily mean you're more profitable. But I think it does demonstrate just the importance of understanding fixed cost in a production system on a per cow unit basis and how those are significant and there is some economies of scale that occur as we think about a cow-calf enterprise. Uh, absolutely, and you bring up a, a good point. We did say the higher third profitable operations have, they do have more cows, um, they sell more calves, and they are able to uh, spread out those fixed expenses across more cows. We also note in the report that that it hints at some uh, specialization or some economies of scale, economies of size. However, we only got two or three operations that are above 300 heads, so we cannot say much about your very large operations, really, if anything. But if you just if you plot the data and if you look at the data, uh, total cost over you know the herd size, we do see a negative correlation. And so as your operations become larger. Uh, your total costs on a per cow basis tend to be a little smaller. It's not a strong correlation. I believe it's a negative, maybe 0.14, uh, but it is it is a negative correlation nonetheless. And so we do see that a little bit. It hints at the specialization, or uh, as you get larger, your uh, total costs on a per cow basis do tend to be a little smaller. And, and that starts to maybe show up a little bit if you look at some of the depreciation, the interest expense, some of your machinery, et cetera. Because we are seeing those high one-third profitable operations on a per cow basis have a, a much lower expense compared to the low third operations. As you look at this data as a whole, and if you were to summarize it, what are the big things that jump out to you if you were thinking about a cow-calf enterprise and saying, what are some things I need to pay attention to to try to address my cost side, and also think about how I might capture more value from the product I sell? That's a great question. So I believe when we took a look at this analysis of these total net returns, looking at the difference between your high third and your low third uh, profit operations, 60% of that difference comes to the cost side. The other 40% comes to your income side. So going back to the income side, what can we do different? 
think if we had, if we had to focus on one or two areas, um, if you're selling calves as a commodity market, we are generally, when you have a lot of operators, this is more of a price taking enterprise. You can't necessarily set your price. Uh, you can control the weight of the calves. Maybe you can participate in some kind of branding program or some kind of program. But what we found is with 60% of that difference coming from the cost side, possibly investing your, your time on the cost side might have bigger payouts than on the, uh, the income side. So of the costs, um, obviously we mentioned 60% of the costs are coming from your feed and pasture expenses. And so I'm not sure if there are some ways to try to reduce those feed expenses. Maybe possibly instead of feeding hay, is there any way possible to rent some stocks uh, or, or rent out pasture? Can you extend your pasture life by a little bit versus you know feeding hay? I guess that would be... Uh, uh, one possibility. As you and I talked uh, before we, we jumped on this podcast, uh, I'm involved in another weekly podcast called the uh, Cattle Chat. And there we've talked about other possibilities of feed waste, as an example. Are there ways to try to reduce feed wastes? Thinking about hay feeding, for example. You know, I believe we've read anywhere from 10 to even up to 50% there have been studies found up to 50% of hay is wasted. So are there ways to try to reduce that hay, which would help reduce feed expenses? Uh, and so that would be one possibility, uh, trying to think about focusing your efforts on the cost management side. Uh, some other things, you know, I, we, we hint at larger farms tend to be able to spread those fixed expenses out across so your overall per cow basis is a little smaller. And I'm not saying that every operation can do this. Every operation is unique. But if you are a little larger, possibly you're able to spread some, some of those fixed expenses out over the, the herd. We've talked about, not necessarily today, but I've talked quite a bit just with at different meetings, is do you actually know what your costs are? Uh, and you'll be surprised how, how many people Oh, I think I feed this many bales of hay last year. And so one of your first things you might want to do is actually track expenses. Track your feed. How much do you feed? Track those feed expenses. It's, it's easier if you, if you purchase all your feed, but if you're raising your own feed, you need to set some kind of a, a dollar value to that feed. And so tracking how much you feed, and then you can sign a value to that. Because if you can document your total feed expenses, and I think that's the first step uh, in benchmarking yourself to the previous year. And so, you know, collecting data, recording it some way, shape, or form. And it doesn't have to be lots of data, but, you know, just a, a few bits and pieces of data can go a long way. And I believe, you know, a couple of weeks ago on our, our podcast or other, my other podcast that I'm involved with, um, with the Beef Cattle Institute here at Kansas State University, we talked about it's a new year. What are the five, I believe, five or six pieces of information that you should collect on a cow-calf operation? One of the comments that was made was some of these expenses, like these feed expenses, as an example, since this is one of your largest uh, expenses uh, from a cow-calf operation standpoint. Well, I thought that comment was really timely. You know, if you don't know your costs, I think it becomes challenging to think about where should I make decisions? So you can take a shotgun approach and say, well, I'm just going to start blasting away and hope I hit something. Or if you know your cost specifically, 
and you can begin to identify, okay, here's where I spent some money. What's the value I'm getting back for that? Is there an opportunity to make a change? That starts to become a rifle shot where we really hone in and say, here's where I can make a change and here's where I think the potential impact of that change will be. If you're just kind of taking a generalized approach, you might get some things right, but you also might make some mistakes. But having some data, knowing where you're at, I think is the first step. And so I think that's really, really important. I would mention in the article that uh, is being talked about today in the January issue of the Beef Watch newsletter, there is a sample cow-calf budget for the Nebraska. And again, your numbers are going to be different, but it's a sample one-page budget where you can go in and just goes through and looks at feed costs, looks at replacement heifer development, looks at equipment cost and labor, and might give some folks a place to start in terms of if they haven't began to write down some numbers or really maybe don't have a very good idea. I'll take a look at what those costs are. It's pretty amazing to me when I visit with producers. Uh, when we begin to go through that, they say, oh, it can't cost that much. But then when we go line by line and get to the end, well, maybe it is closer than we thought it was. So I think annual cow costs for a lot of folks are one that uh, it kind of creeps up on you. And you know, looking at this Kansas Farm Management Association data, when we look at it economically, the low third in terms of annual cow cost was somewhere a little north of $1,150 in annual cow cost. And again, from an economic perspective, all costs included. That's pretty sobering uh, when I think about where calf prices are today. And then the high profit group was somewhere just a little over 900 from an economic perspective. So annual cow costs are a big deal. And we're not producing calves for 500 bucks. Again, at least nobody I know of is doing that. So you really got to know your cost. Anything else you'd like to add, Dr. Pendell, as we point towards wrapping this up? Uh, I guess last thing, you know, it's a new year. And uh, with the new year, you should have some New Year's resolutions. Uh, and one of them I would challenge you is if you're not already recording and collecting data, start. You know, this is a new year. It's a great opportunity to start. Pick the top five, top ten pieces of information that you want to record uh, and whether that's nutrition, reproduction, you know, I'm going to argue as an economist, maybe I'm biased, but you should be recording some financial production management variables or, you know, expenses. Uh, but, you know, this will help. This can be that first step in, in helping, helping you try to figure out what you're doing well at and what can be improved upon. So I guess that's, that's what I'll end with. Well, I really appreciate your time, Dr. Pendell, and for sharing with us this data. Again, thanks for your work that you do there with Kansas State University and with the Farm Management Association to provide this kind of information. I think very valuable from a benchmark data set to help people go in and see what the numbers are from actual enterprises and how they might compare. Thank you, Aaron. I do also want to mention that we have the privilege of having Dr. Pendell scheduled to be part of our UNL Beef Roundup webinars that are coming up here in January. January 21st and 28th are the two dates. On January 21st, we'll have Dr. Mary Drunowski, part of the University of Nebraska, and also Dr. Travis Mullenix, who's a range production system specialist. Dr. Drunowski will talk about mineral supplementation and the importance of understanding that. And also Dr. Mullenix will emphasize sustainably and economically viable management options as we look at cow-calf nutrition. And then the following Tuesday, January 28th, we're going to have the privilege of having Dr. Pendell again with us, specifically talking about the topic we talked about today on our podcast. And so again, if you are interested in joining us, there are several downlink locations across the state. You can find those at the beef.unl.ed website. And also, if you'd just like to join from home, this will be a webinar-type 
situation where you can join via your computer and, and get that information from the comfort of your home. So depending on what's your preference there, there's a couple different options for you. And we encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website to find out more information, as well as contact information where you can register for that program.